Well, hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers. I'm back with you again on my favorite, favorite thing, Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I wish you greetings. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. I come to you in peace. I'm thrilled to have you. And I want to let you know that you can get in touch with me. I just, I always want you to know that you should write to me at Lori at, at TantraCafe.com. If you have questions about the show, if you want to make suggestions about the show, anything you want to tell me about the show, please feel free to contact me by writing me at laurie at tantracafe.com, or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. You know, Tantra is about a way of living. It's really a paradigm for life, and uh, I don't know if that comes across. I know I've done a lot of shows on all kinds of subjects. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm hoping that it comes across to you that it's really a big paradigm which includes everything in the way that you live, whether it's how you eat, whether it's how you make love, whether it's how you want to express healing, whether it's, um, different practices and rituals that you might have. And and no small part of that is the environment. And in this case, I'm going to talk about the environment where music comes in. How do we use music to increase our connection with the divine? I, it, I can't stress this enough, and it's funny. This is really one of the first shows I've ever done about music. Maybe I did one more. I don't know. But this this show is going to be about how... We make our own connection to the divine in ourselves and the divine in others through the use of music. And my guest today is Wynn Paris, and he's been involved in something called Kirtan music for over 14 years. He started out in Washington, D.C., creating and performing music for holistic and New Age audiences in the 90s. And actually, that's when Wynn and I met. He uh, he came to play music for a campfire, huge outing type puja that I had in the Washington, D.C. area back in uh, probably 1998, and that's how we met and have kept track of each other. Uh, Wynn was described in the Times of India in a story on Western Kirtan as one of the most devoted Kirtan singers in the U.S. So we're going to bring him on to the show and talk about what is this Kirtan, what is it that he's accomplishing through music, and how can we get involved? What what difference would it make in our lives? Wynn, it is great to have you on the show. Welcome to Tantra Cafe. Oh, thank you, Lori. Namaste, everybody. Davies and Devas and gods and goddesses reborn. Hello. Yeah, thanks for that. It's great. Great to hear you. So tell me right away, what is Kirtan? Because I'm, I've now used this, the term four times in a sentence, and I know that yeah. you know what it means better than me. Right. Well, Kirtan is essentially um, a devotional practice from India um, that is part of the yoga and the tantra and the bhakti tradition. Uh, very simply, it's chanting mantras to music. And, um, of course, just like there are 108 aspects of a tantra, there are 108 different ways of kirtan. What's evolved here in America is, um, has been largely based on the modern yoga movement. Uh, but it, it's incorporated all different elements, 
including um, chanting the names of Shiva and Shakti, which is essential uh, in all the different practices. So some of of what you're saying, like Shiva and Shakti, I, of course, know what that is, but can you say a little bit more about who Shiva is and who Shakti is and why we would chant their names? Well, Shiva is the original deity of Tantra, and Shakti is his goddess energy, his consort, his lover, his better half, as we may say. Um, (laughs) Shiva is is a 10,000-year-old deity, one of the oldest that's been found with an unbroken lineage of tradition, with, you know, hundreds of generations of great teachers to lead us on the path. And he's also in the pantheon of uh, um, Indian deities, he and the goddess Saraswati and Ganesh are all uh, related to the musical expression of divinity. So, so with Kit, we so chant you would, these names. You would chant these divinities' we, names. You would chant the divinities' names um, 108 as times? As many times as you want, but you have to think of it like this. What you're doing is you're giving a concert for your deity. And so as you sing out to your deity, as you're singing, Om Namah Shivaya, with all of your heart, well, Shiva listens and comes and listens to your concert and inhabits your space the same way as if you were doing the Abhyam practice or a, a tantric practice where you were trying to invoke the, uh, the deities to come down and, and join you in the practice. It's essentially the same thing. Uh, and while you're chanting these names, your mind becomes focused, and you don't really think about other things. And as we know, in, in most med- in all meditation paths, really, thoughts are the things that kind of uh, are the flies in the ointment. And, and the more thoughtless you become, the more you tune in with the great divine. So, this musical chanting is a great way to meditate without really meditating because it's fun and the music is great. So you're making a really great point. So if somebody wants to have a spiritual practice that is easy and fun and doesn't feel like some kind of a um, a deprivation, and I don't, I, that might be the, uh, too harsh of a word, but um, something no, like it's, it's, it's a sacrifice, a sacrifice. People, people a lot yes. of times when they meditate, they feel that they're making a sacrifice. And this sounds like it's much more fun and and involve you know involves singing so yes. it, might, it might be a good thing to do. I highly recommend it. I've uh, <laughs> been on the path for a long, long time. I was first introduced to yoga uh, in, back in the seventies. Uh, my grandmother is a long time uh, yogananda devotee. So I've been practicing and exploring a lot of different traditions. But when I found this one, I found my home because it's really it's about music. And it's so joyous. It's sort of like a gospel concert. It really is like exactly like a gospel concert. We all sing back and forth the name. And even in Western kirtans, we even incorporate other deities, Tibetan deities, you know, uh, even Jesus and Mary. Everyone is welcome. Whoever you want to sing to, that's who you're sort of tuning in with. And if you're lucky, they'll come and listen. Now, you before you said something about... Um, uh, Having sitting in Yab Yum, it was the same kind of thing as sitting in Yab Yum, and I just want to explain that a little bit because I don't take for granted that everybody knows even what that is. So when mentioned it before, and sitting in Yab Yum is the most Yab Yum is a posture where uh, where and it's it, there are many 
depictions of this in Tibetan art and in ancient Indian art where uh, the man sits on a pillow and, with cross legs and the woman sits in his lap and they look into each other's eyes and they breathe together and they and it's it's thought that they're also in coitus at this time or there's penetration so that the man and the woman are connected sexually and then there's this eye gazing and breathing kind of thing it's and they touch their foreheads together in yabyam after they stop eye gazing and that's known as the tantric kiss so sitting in yabyam in this posture is a deep deep meditation in in each phase of it whether you're doing the eye gazing whether you're breathing each other's breath or whether you're sitting with the foreheads together in the tantric kiss and that's what Wynne was referring to and you would invoke the spirits or the deities, everything, every the union of male and female in the cosmos into yourselves as you would be sitting like this and he's saying that singing kirtan is another practice and just as powerful uh, and, and in invoking these same deities. So I, when my uh, my understanding of kirtan is that you would sing a phrase of a of a mantra or a chant, and then we, the audience, would sing a phrase back to you. Is that also? I mean, that's what I thought kirtan was. Yes, there's a lot of call and response, but so, there's other things too. There's elements of poetry and dance, and sometimes there's. Uh, a, a song that you sing, like I'll, I can sing a, a song from a, a great mystic poet like Rumi or, or a someone a tradition. It's really it's an expanding musical form because in the West, just like with everything, you know, we've taken it and sort of created our own version of it. And if I could go back to the Abiyam comment, um, you know, I wasn't when two people sit together like that, whether they're you know sexually connected, which is of course a red tantric path. Or if they're just sitting in, in each other's lap holding each other, um, which is more like the white tantric path, um, what happens, the theory is, as your chakras align with each other, a great bliss happens. And then there's been many metaphors, but basically you become lost in this wonderful connection. And as I referred to before, when you become lost and your mind sort of stops analyzing and thinking and working and, and all of all of your, the rest of your being is opened up, that is the ultimate uh, form in Tantra that the deities like to connect with. They don't, you know, Shiva doesn't care if you're thinking about your laundry list, and, you know, the deities want to connect on a deeper soul level. So to, for that to happen, whether it's with kirtan chanting or yabiyam or, you know, any kind of meditation like uh, like Zen meditation or anything, when you can get to the stillness and you become lost in the greater love, this, this feeling is called ananda. It's just this bliss that sort of is generated. That's when you're tuned in with, with God. So, like you mentioned, you know, there are austerities on the yoga path. I don't know if with Tantra, but there are austerities, you know, and sacrifices to be made. But then there are other times when it's time to revel and have fun, and the real spiritual path incorporates everything. Yes, absolutely. I mean, my tantric path incorporates celebration. I tend to be a, more of an Osho person who was a who was a tantric master who said the the only form of meditation is to celebrate. 
And one of his most famous quotes was, Become the dance. Dance so totally that the dancer is no more and only the dance exists. So I would yeah, so go, that, I would go that way <laughs> myself. <laughs> again, it's the same metaphor, dance until you're lost in the dance. And then you're lost in the dance, you're not thinking about the dance anymore. You become the dance. And that's when you become the dance, you, you merge with with Shiva or or the Tao or, you know, the goddess or whatever your vision and day, your what I like to call your visionary aspect is or your your main uh, deity. And yeah. in, in Tantra, of course, the goddess is traditionally the main deity, uh, the Shakti. And the Kundalini, which is the energy that lives in your spine that, that wakes up all the chakras, Kundalini is an actual goddess as well. You know, she resides inside of of, uh, of us, and, and when we become awake, she dances inside, just like Osha said. So, thanks for sharing that. That's really great. I don't think I even knew that Kundalini was a goddess. So, that's, uh, that's, a, that, that's a new one for me, and I've been at this for a pretty long time, so thanks for that. I appreciate that so much. We're going to pause here yeah. for a moment and um, and give some some thanks for the commercial sponsors here, and... In case you just tuned in, I'm talking to Wynne Paris today. Wynne Paris is a musician who is really involved in kirtan, which is yogic mantra singing. And he's been doing this for the, since the early 90s. He, uh, he's recorded with many great uh, spiritual and world beat artists. It, the, probably the best known one is Bhagavan Das. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Wynn really some more about how he got how he got this tantric thing into the music and and really got started and maybe even let some of you know how you can as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. 
You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handlers, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today, and I'm happy to have my guest, Wynn Paris, who performs on guitar, and I think some other instruments as well. I'm familiar with his guitar, although we've also done some drumming things. Um, Wynn will tell us about that in a moment. Wynn, I want to go back to, um, you mentioned your grandmother being a Yogananda follower, and uh, or Yogananda, at least in, involved in Yogananda yoga. And so we, have you been practicing yoga since you were a little kid? Well, you know, not really. Um, not like, well, first of all, of course, in one sense, yes, because life is yoga, uh, karma yoga. I've been practicing my entire life, I'd say, since high school. And that's simply going out there and doing good. It sounds cheesy, but... It's really, you know, as it gets refined, it's a, it's a deep uh, Indian spiritual practice uh, for dis- dissolving bad karma, simply going out and doing good. But the key is you do good without any expectation of return. You know, when you go out and help someone on the street or you feed a poor person and you don't expect anything back, that's when the next day some wonderful karmic thing happens or some, some release happens. You know, so... I think it's a great metaphor for all these practices, whether it's Hatha yoga, uh, the yoga of music like kirtan, or tantric yoga. It's something that you want to practice, you know, to be able to connect with the divine. If there's any other intention, you know, it's slightly off mark. But as long as your intention is pure and your actions and your thoughts and your words are pure, then you can expect the results of the practice, which are really, you know, have been verified for thousands of years. It's uh, yoga, tantra, kirtan, music. These are all pathways to God. And in their, in their deepest expression, they're gods unto themselves. Music, when you, when you meet a great jazz master or an Indian, you know, like Ravi Shankar, would say that music is the deity. Yeah, I would... I, would, I can get that. I would really agree with that. Listen, I think music is that for... Uh, you know, for many Westerners, I mean, I, and especially now with people with their iPods, I mean, they're, they're, if you want to call that God, they're listening to God all the time. <laughs> you know, people are plugged in. A great friend of mine once said, and it's a great, um, uh, it's Caroline Casey, I don't know if you've, you've I totally recommend her, she's a wonderful astrologer. Um, yeah, in Washington, said, Caroline Casey yeah. is in the D.C. area still, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and and she has a video show in California, and she says that um, that what you do, you know, that means everything that you do, that's really what you worship. You know, that is your worship is life. You go to church on Sunday, but the rest of the week, you know, you're not cool. That's six days of bad karma on one day at church, right? So, as we do our spiritual practice, we have to realize that everything we do is spiritual. Every aspect of life as creates good or bad or karma of some sort. So if you right. go out there and, and do the practice, whether it's music, whether it's tantra, whether it's hatha yoga, if you do it without any expectation, but just do it to be in the dance, to be the dance, not not the dancer, then you're going to have wonderful, wonderful fruition of karma. For myself, you know, I started playing kirtan music. It was a very small thing. There were six people, or maybe at our event, 50 or 20, very small compared to a big rock show. So there was never any expectation of anything great. You know what I mean? When you're playing for 
20 people a night or 30 people a night. You don't really have any expectations. And right. that's how I got to space. And the fruition of the karma for my own personal karma has just been so wonderful because I've, I've been able to work and be connected with truly great artists like, you know, Peter Gabriel and, and sometimes I jam with some folks, you know, Grateful Dead, Sidemen, and I have a new album that actually uh, Rick Allen from Def Leppard who is also incredibly deeply spiritual and is a wonderful story. Everybody knows him as his, you know, the one-armed rock guy, but he's, he's a deep practitioner and a, and a wonderful spiritual being. Um, we have a new uh, a new album coming out. It's called Groove Ananda, which means, of course, Ananda means spiritual bliss, and groove, you know, that's music. no need to explain. The groove of music. Groove of music. That's wonderful. When is that album coming out? Should be out in about two months. Uh, there's a few clips on my website if anyone wants to listen. And uh, it's winparis.com, W-Y-N-N-E-P-A-R-I-S.com. Um, and some of the great uh, spiritual musicians who I've been able to accompany as well, which has been a great blessing, besides Bhagavan Das, have done a lot of work in recorder with Krishna Das and many of the other um, Kirtan musicians, as well as some other uh, Native American musicians one time I was so fortunate to uh, do an event with His Holiness Dalai Lama. And uh, on another occasion, I was blessed to be able to um, actually play music with a saint, Mata Amrita Nandamayama, Amma, the hugging saint. So yeah, I, I, I saw that. I saw that you had played music with Amma. And um, she's an amazing phenomenon. She's a, she's uh, I just I'll tell you like a little quickie about my experience with her. For years... I could never go to see her when she was in Washington or I don't know where whatever towns I was in LA because uh, I was always working or busy. I could just never take the time. And a few years ago, I was in New York and I, I don't know. I just wasn't doing it. I called somebody. I said, "What's going on in New York today?" And my friend said, "Oh, Amaji is in town. Let's go see her." And I was like, "Wow, I'm free. I must. This must mean I'm supposed to go see her." So I went there and it was fabulous. It was like being in India being in the auditorium in New York, and then I uh, I waited to be hugged by her, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking, I'm pretty skeptical when, you know, I'm not somebody who's, oh, yeah, you know, this is a saint, you know, her hug is going to alter my life. I didn't believe that. I don't believe most things, and certainly I didn't believe that, and uh, I think it's a New York state of mind that I have. I don't know, but anyway, um, I, I got hugged by her, and she held me so tight, and she was so powerful that my experience was she grounded me and she reframed my entire experience of mother. Mm, wow. Yeah, I mean, in that, in that, what did she hug me for all of ten seconds? You know, <laughs> but it was. I mean, I I don't have experiences of having a powerful mother. I have, an, I have experiences of having a mother who had a lot of fear and anxiety and stuff like that. So my experiences of mother are not the most positive. I've grounded myself, and I haven't had children because I, I, I probably I didn't get mothered enough. I don't know. But here I am with Amaji, Amaji and she's, she hugs me and changes everything in that instant. So, um, so that you played music with her. Uh, it's a, that's an amazing phenomenon. Where were you, and when was this, and how was it for you? Tell tell me about that. Well, it was back, you know, back in the '90s when I was in D.C. You know, sort of when we were doing, 
you know, work. And uh, it was kind of a setup. You know, I was playing with these Indian musicians, and they didn't say it. They said, you know, there's a singer coming to town, and we'd like you to to jam with her. An Indian singer, that's how they described her. You know, because she used to actually sing quite a bit. She would sing, like, you know, an hour-long thing, Wait. a set, or a bunch of devotional Wait a songs. Then she would... Wait, wait, I have to stop you for a second because we're getting a really bad noise reaction. Not sure what's happening. Are you near the wind? Go out of the wind. No, no, I'm inside, but unfortunately I'm on an iPhone. So yeah, it's got that at Okay. Um, just try again. Just, I, I don't know. You, you were really bouncing in and out with some noise there. Um, well, I'm sort of flowing from the hip, but... Basically, you know, Amachi is, is a wonderful saint. Uh, I was invited to jam with her, but I didn't know it was a surprise. Someone said, oh, I want to come and play with the singer. So I showed up, and there it was Amma. And, and like you, I had such a powerful experience, I couldn't even stand up afterwards. I had to sit down for about 20 minutes just to sort of compose myself. And then, of course, I ran. <laughs> I ran away. And the next day, they're like, where's that musician? Oh, it's just there was so much shakti, so much spiritual energy from that hug that I, I, it was too much. It was my first real awakening. And then, you know, thank God that she comes back a year later, so it gives you enough time to really incorporate all that energy. And, and, and then, 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 you know, different people have different experiences. Sometimes people feel bliss, sometimes love, sometimes they cry, sometimes they, you know, it's like a Grateful Dead show. You never really know what you're going to get, but it's always good. Yeah. Well, I want to just tell people that if they ever have a chance, if they're listening, whatever city you're listening in, and she actually does travel around the world, if you ever have an opportunity to go see Ama, and, or any of your friends tell you about Ama, I mean, she travels to the major cities in the U.S. I know she's in L.A., New York, Boston, D.C., Chicago, all over the place. If you have a chance to go see her and get the hug by her, even if you're skeptical, like me, just check it out because she's uh, she's she's amazing. She does it all day. She never stops. She doesn't rest. She doesn't eat. Yeah. I don't even think she pees. She just like stays there all day and hugs thousands and thousands and thousands of people as they line up to get touched by her. It's very sweet, very very sweet. What a fortunate thing for you. It's so great. And I actually Hello? want to tell you that um, when I met you, you you brought them in, some Indian musicians. When you came to play at events that I held out in Laurel, Maryland, that time you brought some you brought a couple of Indian percussionists with you, and maybe at my yeah. house once too. Yeah, those are probably the guys that you know that hooked me up with Alma. Um, it's Alma A M M A dot org for anyone who would like to uh, explore further, and and she is a great saint. I mean, she's been acknowledged by all the great uh, lineage holders in, of India to be a real incarnation of the goddess. So that's what happens. You get a hug from the goddess. It's the yeah. goddess and her humans. <laughs> what an amazing, amazing uh, phenomenon. Well, we're going we're gonna to stop here again for a moment, identify ourselves, and, uh, and, and then come back. So in case you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. Today my guest is Wynn Paris, and he's he's describing some amazing experiences that he's had as a result of being a musician, open and available to follow source, to follow spirit on his path, and he's fallen into some great things, as well as playing with some other really great musicians. 
So when we come back, we'll be talking to Wynn about how he got real. I want to know how he got started in music and really why he selected this as his path. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you stuck in an area of your life? For example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation or visit www.kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Hi, we're back, and this is Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I wanted to mention to you that... uh, you might want to check out the International School of Temple Arts at www.schooloftemplearts.com. This is where you can find out about sex educators across continents and cultures who are working together to help people really, really come to peace with their bodies, eliminate all shame and guilt, uh, cross-culturally and globally so that people actually have a better experience of their life here on Earth. So check it out. It's schooloftemplearts.com. And my guest today is Wynne Paris. We're talking about kirtan and uh, music, singing chants, mantras, making it fun, making it devotional, making it spiritual, making it a meditation. Wynne, how would you get started in this? I mean, have you been playing guitar and percussion since you were a kid? Are you the kind of guy that got lessons when you were little? Oh, yeah. I was singing before I could speak. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, actually, I was singing before I could speak, and I took piano lessons, of course, when I was a kid. And uh, and then, you know, I think maybe around the beginning of high school, I sort of seduced by rock and roll, you know, and I left all the classical stuff and everything behind, and, and I really got into... Uh, the dark side, the lower astral, whatever you want to call it, really heavy rock. Of course, it was back in, you know, the early 80s, and, you know. I was a nightclub musician uh, for all through my 20s, uh, and that, I met another Washingtonian miraculous uh, being. His name was Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu was this Taoist tantric master, an acupuncturist, and a translator of the I Ching, and a, and a painter. And he uh, he was a real sort of spiritual patron. He said, Dr. Wu, I'm so tired of, you know, being up every night, alcohol, stupidity, and the, the late-night Denny's run, you know. And he's like, you know, there's something happening with chanting. Why don't you gather some musicians and you can use my, uh, you know, my meditation room here in, in the clinic, and every Wednesday we'll, we'll explore chanting from all different traditions. So he really, you know, he, he got me off the uh, nightclub musician track and, and into this sort of spiritual chanting uh, and exploration of, of this world, which I've been in since I met him. So, And the, and the funny thing is, he was the guy 
from the Steely Dan song, you know, Are You With Me, Dr. Wu? So, yeah. Of course, I was more excited about him, like, and Steely Dan and all that stuff when I first met him, but the joke was it was really about, you know, deeper spiritual practice and everything. And, <laughs> but yeah, so that was Dr. Wu. He's a great being. And he passed away a few years ago, but he does, he has an institute in Washington, D.C. And, and if you, if you type in, you know, Dao, Google Taoism and Dr. Wu, it'll come up. He's a great being. So you were very lucky. It seems like you were very blessed on your path, like all of a sudden, you know, the hands of spirit came and, and grabbed you and, and pointed you in a direction that's been very fulfilling. It's been, uh, it, it's, it, it took you out of a self-destruction and into a, into a much more peaceful and, you know, oh, yeah. prosperous, prosperous line of work. Well, the funny thing is, and, and I, I really believe that Yogananda was watching over me the whole time, because, you know, I played heavy dues, 10 years of hardcore, like, hard rock scene. I mean, there I, plenty of opportunities to get in real trouble. I never got any real trouble. And, uh, but I did, like, you know, I suffered a lot in those years. So I did, you know, spend a little time in hell before I got to uh, Experience 7. Well, um... Uh, having a lot of bad noises. Okay, now we're okay. Um, we, uh, every, I think everybody experiences a little hell before they experience heaven. If they ever experience heaven, some people unfortunately never get there. What would you tell yeah. somebody who who was? You want to say something about that? <laughs> what would I tell someone? No. Well, I wanted to say. You, I, it sounded like you wanted to say something about people. Uh, experiencing some hell before they experience heaven? Well, I don't know. You know, the Buddha says there's a lot of suffering in this life. And I think, you know, there's... I, I don't think there's anyone in the world that doesn't suffer. Uh, our karma dictates how much we suffer. And then our brains create half of the suffering anyway. You know, if we do yoga and tantra and devotional practices and music, hopefully it purifies your soul and it purifies your brain. And then you don't have these negative impulses. In Tantra, you know, they'll say, like George Harrison, within and without you. You know, the exterior, exterior world will mirror your interior spiritual progress. And that's, that and a lot of bliss is the way to tell if you're doing a good job. You know, you get on the, on the path with Tantra or yoga or Kirtan, and if things are progressing correctly, you'll experience bliss and, and you'll, to experience a alleviation of bad karma, um, but if you're doing That's tantra and you, if you suffer, or if you're experiencing pain while you do tantra or while you do yoga or while you do devotional music, then you're definitely not doing it correctly. You know, I want to say a few things about that. I think this is such an important point. A few, a couple of points. One is I, I usually write to people in my newsletters a couple of times a year. If you're suffering. And you stay suffering. You you don't seek a way out of it. You're adding suffering to the planet. And if you're joyous, you're adding joy to the planet. And it really does come down to a personal choice of how you choose to focus. You know, as something else I want to say about that because I I love that you brought this up. It's so it's such important stuff. It really is how I started out the show about the environment. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to treat your environment? How are you going to I I don't listen anymore to uh, to regular music. 
I mean, I rarely listen to regular music. I, I rarely listen to, you know, the top 40. I rarely listen to, I don't listen. I listen to things that either I know the mantra and I know the words to it, or I don't know the words to it. I can't translate the words to it, and it doesn't matter. I prefer to listen to things that are uplifting than to listen to, I, you know, I can't live anymore or survive because you left me and I loved you and you broke my heart. And I hate listening to that. It just programs me to get more broken hearts. And I, I don't want to, and I don't want my heart to break anymore over romance. I really just want to have my heart cracked open and stay in the flow of, uh, of life, of the universe, of, of creation. So, it's really interesting we're talking about this because I, I made a choice quite a long time ago already to only listen to the kind of music that you make um, and to only play that kind of music when I'm playing music so that I don't, I'm not confronted with how Hollywood or how the music machine or the heartache that sells everything else. You know, if I'm heartbroken over a bad love affair, then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get liposuction and I'm going to, uh, inject my lips with fat, and I'm going to have I'm going to have breast augmentation because maybe I won't get heartbroken the next time. <laughs> you know, whatever drives the the money making machine, the capitalist machine, I, I don't I'm I'm off that path. So I actually listen to the kind of music that you make on a pretty regular basis, no matter what mood I'm in, so that I don't have so that I'm uplifting myself, whether I know what's being said or not. I think that's wonderful. You know, there's two aspects of music. One is the music itself, and one is the lyrical component. Uh, both of them can be positive or negative. You know, music just transmits a vibration. And, you know, when you have transcendently beautiful music or you have positive spiritual lyrics, it does, you know, affect your soul. It affects your, your feeling, your aura and everything. And just as a wonderful thing, today is the Dalai Lama's birthday. Um, is today July 6th? Today is July 6th, yeah. So today uh, uh, today is the Dalai Lama's birthday, um, so happy birthday. He's a, he's a cancer. <laughs> and so for his birthday, uh, there I, I saw on Facebook today, um, he had some of my friends, Deva Premal, a spiritual chanting musicians, come and perform for him. He didn't have, he could have anyone he wanted, you know what I mean? I'm sure. Yes. But he chose Deva Premal mantra singers, new age mantra singers, to come and play for his birthday. Well, I was actually, I'm so glad you mentioned her because um, she, David Premal is, I, when I try to describe her to people as, I, I, her voice is so sweet that I usually try to say that she's kind of like the Joni Mitchell of spiritual music. You know, with Joni Mitchell's early years, she had the sweetest voice. And, uh, yeah, sure. she, David Premal is amazing. I, I highly recommend anybody who, who wants might want to start. Of course, we're going to push your music as well on this. We're going to talk about how they can hear your music and stuff. But since you mentioned her, and since it's the Dalai Lama's birthday, uh, you can start with any album of David Premal, and and, uh, and you can easily get any of this on Amazon, or you can just Google her D E V A P R E M A L David Premal. Her music is so beautiful. It's uh, what a gift. What a gift to this world she is that she just came along. And, and her story, you know, 
she wasn't even going to sing. She was too shy. And oh, yeah. some, somebody heard her at Mitan, her, bo- her current love, life partner, heard her humming along at some point in an ashram. Uh, and he, he came around the wall where she, to where she was and said, you have to sing. And she said, I, I can't do that. And he said, yeah, you have to. And, you know, he convinced her to sing. And now she's like, you know, a huge star. She's an amazing, amazing, amazing You know what's funny about Kirtan is, I mean, there's that example. It happens a few times. Uh, even Krishnadas, who is probably the, the most famous and, the, you know, the, the most internationally known uh, yoga musician, Never thought of himself as a singer. He thought of himself as a music producer and a record label guy for years and years and years. He didn't even start singing until he was like 45. And then suddenly, you know, he started singing. And I think there's something about the naivete and that, you know, the expression of innocence that happens when you have someone that has this gifted voice but doesn't have the baggage that a professional musician would have, you know, like going through everything you've gone through. Being a professional musician almost makes you, like, focus on your ego and promote yourself and be all about yourself and ego, ego, which is totally opposite from yoga and tantra and the spiritual path where it's really about service and not ego. Yeah, it's a real, it's a great point that you make, really, really great point that you make and how all the success came to people who really weren't driving that, that the, the ego forward. Uh, you right. made a, you also referenced George Harrison before. Which I thought was wonderful. I, in my, well, aside from, I want to just honor you by telling you that I use some of your music in my advanced workshops. You may not know this, but I do. A, I use your music still in some pujas that I do. Pujas are, again, a ritual, a tantric ritual where we honor the God and God is within ourselves. So it's not like going outside us to find God. It's actually honoring the divine within, and we we make tantric rituals that uh, that do that that fulfill this honoring part. And when I play your music in some of my pujas, still. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, that's why I was so excited to have you on the show. And uh, mm-hmm. the other piece is that. Um, uh, George Harrison, going back to the Beatles, I also used some of that old Beatles music when they were exploring India, and he they came back, and George Harrison uh, wrote that song, Within You and Without You. That is an amazing piece. It's got all those, it's got all the Indian music in it, the tablas playing the drums, and... Uh, the sitar, they were big, the Beatles were big into the sitar then. And of all the sure. Beatles, and I, I love them all, but of all the Beatles, George Harrison was the one who actually got it, so to speak. He's the one who actually really connected with Source through his music, with the experiences that they had in India. And uh, oh, I I play that song often, so it's, it's interesting that somebody else brings it up because I... I thought I was like brilliant to discover to rediscover it recently, you know. Well, of course, you know all of the Beatles did such such great work for bringing yoga to America, all forms of yoga. Um, right. And and they they themselves they were blessed by great masters when they were over there for their transmission. And while George 
got maybe the most deeply into it as far as his as far as his recorded materials and and that the stuff that he would put out. The other guys, don't tell them short. They they all got into it big time and still do. Um, as a matter of fact, Paul McCartney's last album had a whole lot of Indian influence on it, and Ringo Starr just recorded with a friend of mine, a tablet player named Tabla Girl, who's fantastic on on his on Ringo's new record. Uh, so this 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 theme, I mean, I think they all maybe didn't like you know make it become their muse and 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 make their whole career about it, but I'm sure they all you know were deeply blessed and and it's inside of their music. Another musician who I, who I think is really fabulous and is a really wonderful yogic and tantric practitioner is Sting. And, uh, you know, Sting, he's fantastic. He just uh, did a mantra music uh, um, single, a Dorga chant for the goddess with a friend of mine. Um, and that group is called Loka. And I think it's L-O-K-A. Could be L O K A H, local, so you can find them uh-huh. out there on, on the, and then you can hear Sting singing Dorga, and, uh, it's fantastic. So, some artists, a lot of good artists like Sting, they have a really deep, deep practice, but that's not what the record company wants them to sing about, so they, they sing music about, you know, pop music or whatever, but their actual life is deeply in, involved with the spiritual practice, and, and, like a friend of mine, uh, Shamdas, who is another chanter who's, Really good friends with Sting, you know. He he inspires them literally. They they jam together, and you know, Sting like jams on the mantras, and then he goes to the next room and writes a song. You know, pretty cool. Amazing, really amazing. It's great to know. It's really great to know that people have you know shifted. It does show a shift on the planet, and it actually just calls for a shift as well. Uh, that some yeah. people will have a consciousness that there's more than just undulating out there. I, I, to me, it's like there's so many people just having explicit sex on their videos. You know, it's funny. I'm not a prude at all. I'm a tantra teacher, but I see. I, I have a concern for young people who are influenced so heavily by music influences and lyrics that are often so I don't dysfunctional. I'll just call it dysfunctional. That. So it's great to know about this as an alternative option. Uh, even parents who are listening to the show today could take um, could take this uh, idea as uh, another form of music to introduce your family to. You could have this as family music playing, and this might be an option to the other kinds of things that are the other things that are, seem to be the only offerings for teens these days. It's really great. So, um, you know, in, in, in California, Lori, you know, as you probably know, in California, this music is what's hip. You know, and if you're young, it's usually more DJ-driven, like Burning Man style, and maybe for, like, more into live music, it's more like what, what I do and what everyone else does with, you know, live musicians playing it. But, you know, it's a multi-generational thing. And when I play in California, I always see young people in the audience and old people in the audience. But, I mean, from babies all the way up to grandparents, it's quite wonderful. And when you see a yoga music concert, one thing I have to say is there's no alcohol involved. There's no nightclub involved. As a matter of fact, everyone sits quietly and respectfully. They listen almost to every note. They participate and they dance and sing joyously. And when they leave, they often feel higher than if they had as many beers as you could imagine. You know, it's really amazing that it's a, it's a wonderful natural high. 
such a good point you make. Fabulous, fabulous. So good. Yeah, I think it's more than California, but I think it, you know, it always shows up more in California. Anyway, we're going to stop here again for a second, uh, for a few, for a moment anyway. I'm speaking with Wynn Paris, my guest today, who is a well-known yoga, yogic mantra singer. He is really, really devoted to his music as his spiritual practice, and it's also his right livelihood. And today we've been talking about how it's laced through, in this segment anyway, about how it's been laced through some of our more popular music and musicians who are famous. And when we come back, we'll be speaking even more about it, also letting you know how you can find Wynn, how you can how you can see him somewhere, how you can get a hold of his record, his tracks, and, and, and enjoy the experience yourself. So we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now, you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Lati Han, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to butterflyworkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handler, your host. I want to let you know that if you feel stuck in any area of your life, as in negative relationships, if you're feeling unfulfilled or experience a lack of energy or tension in your body, I think you need to call Kate Holt. Kate is an amazing core energetics practitioner, and whether you work with her in a group or a private session, you are bound to get unstuck. So you can give her a call at 856-261-4900. That's 856-291-4900 for a consultation. Or you can go to kateholt.info. I'm back with you now with Wynn Paris, my guest who's been talking about clean, great music, good family fun, people getting high, from singing and dancing and life, the music of bliss. We could call it music Ananda, the bliss of music, and uh, talking about how this yoga music really makes a difference and can make a difference in your life. It's so great what we're talking about. I'm getting uplifted when just talking to you. I just want you to know that. Well, right back at you, Larry. I feel great. I love your story, Amma. Yeah, oh, that whole thing about Amma was amazing, talking about that. I, I didn't have that great of an experience seeing the Dalai Lama, but so I'm not going to talk about it. But um, I did have a great experience seeing the His Holiness, the 15th Karmapa, but that, go, mm. that, that goes way back, and it was, a, it was an amazing experience. This is another Tibetan holy person. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, 
your yeah your recommendations for people for people wanting to go into the music field or people who play music who might want to cross over and start doing this what would be the what would be a first and second thing that you would tell them to do if they want to start to check this out for themselves I would say go to the local yoga centers because now we have the yoga centers all on almost every city in the country probably even every town and uh, and this this is a regular part of the yoga practice now. It's really found a home, even though it's you know it's a much broader practice in India. It's really found its home and its venue in America in the yoga centers. So okay, and so someone would go to a yoga center and see when they're going to have a night of devotional music. Is that what you mean? Yes, and if you yeah, if you're a musician, you know I would go in and I'd say, are you having kirtan? Can I accompany you? Because kirtan a lot of most of the times. It's a, it's a it's a very inclusive thing, like a drum jam. It's, it's a sit-in, like an open mic. It's it's a participatory event. It's not a concert. You know, everyone, as, as a matter of fact, what I always tell people is like, well, you're not going to watch a concert tonight. We're all going to give a concert, and the audience is divine. Beautiful. So, you know, Beautiful. The, the music is easy. Musicians can come. They sit in. They jam. They're like, oh, this is different. You know what's cool is the musicians is, like I mentioned before, everyone really listens to what you play. And, you know, for a musician, that's really an ultimate form of respect. And that's really what we want. We don't, I mean, we don't really care about the 50 bucks that we might make playing in a club. We care about people, like, really listening and, you know, singing back with us. And so that's why it's a very gratifying experience musically, i got to say. And usually it's from 7.30 till 9.30 or 10. You're home by midnight. You know, it's, you, you can incorporate it into a life. It's not like, you know, doing nightclub gigs or anything. Are there any particular kind of instruments? I know there's guitar. I know there's sitar. I know there's d- drums. What what are what are some of the other kinds of instruments used? Does anyone use? Oh, what about harmonium? Is that one of those? Is, that's probably a big instrument in this. That is a big instrument. Sure, there's a traditional Indian array of instruments like the harmonium and the sarod, or it's all the Indian instruments. That's what they use in India. But in America, we use what we use. So I've seen bluegrass kirtans, reggae kirtans, rock kirtan. You know, you name it. You know, any kind of music can be devoted to kirtan because all you're doing is changing the lyrical component. So instead of singing about my broken heart and my beer, you're singing about Shiva or Shakti. That makes so much sense. You know, I well, listen, I just want to tell people also that in this this same kind of music he's talking about, you can also make love to it. So it's I, you know, I don't want to leave out the the explicit tantric aspect. You know, before we were mentioning what it is to sit in Yav Yum, what it is to, you know, whether you're actually in sex practice, what Wynn was talking about, the red tantric aspect, or whether you're just sitting in somebody's lap fully clothed, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, I've, been, I've been known to say, I actually, in my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy, I talk about a sexual encounter that I had which wasn't sexual. You know, my partner and I were sitting in the Yum, and all of a sudden time and space went away, and four hours later we were wondering what, what just happened here. Where, what, where did the time go? What happened? So yep. I, I want to mention that you could be using this kind of music, this Shiva Shakti music, you could also be using this instead of Barry White. I mean, no, no disrespect, men, I, I love Barry White, but you could be... You could be using this kind of inspirational music 
to also inspire you in a serious practice of Tantra where lovemaking is involved in a for, as a form of prayer. Beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. I love Dirty Bike too, but one thing I have to say is our songs are eight, nine, ten minutes long. So, you know, you can really groove with them, so to speak. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> of course, sometimes you can find kids on the last an hour, half hour, 24 hours even. I mean, it's, uh, you can, it's, there's no end to it, uh, you know. In India, they've, they've been constantly a 24 hour kirtan. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's really, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, it's such a great form of music. Really, really a great form. So now let's, uh, let's, we only have a couple of minutes, uh, to let people know. How can they, where should they go to find you? Where should they go to find out your schedule? Find out when you're coming to their town? Like that. Okay, well, uh, I'm not a very commercial musician, so uh, you sort of have to find me. Um, I'm on Facebook. That's my favorite way of communication. And um, MySpace as well. And my website is wynnepariscom So winparis.com is where they should go. But, but really, you prefer that people find you on Facebook. Win Paris on Facebook. Yeah, or MySpace, whatever their preference. Okay. Well, there's okay. A wonderful, right. Yeah, there's I a, forget about MySpace a, sometimes because I don't yeah. do MySpace much anymore. So, but I know it's yeah, big Facebook. in music. It's big in music, and you're you're you have a new album coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, and people, yeah. what about your other music? Can people find Win Paris on Amazon? Uh, iTunes. Oh, on iTunes. Okay, great. So people can go to iTunes. You, they can, they can. You can type in Win Paris, and you can find Win's music. It's great stuff. Win is great. He's fully, fully alive, and fully wanting you to come alive as alive as you can be. That's really that's how you can characterize everything we've been talking about here. So Win, thanks for being my guest today on Tantra Cafe. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lori. Jai Ma. <laughs> Jema, to you too. So I uh, I want to just close here, let people know that uh, you can find me again on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can write in to me and let me know your suggestions, any suggestions you might have for this show. I would love to hear from you. And I, I want you to tune in next week when I'll be speaking with an expert, another expert in Tantra, uh, talking about instinct versus, like, instinctual attraction versus Tantra, how Tantra differs from the animal kingdom instinct in a certain way. So stay tuned. You may find that very, very interesting. And I say goodbye to you now. Namaste from Tantra Cafe. Thanks for tuning in. This is Laurie Handler signing off.